Our scripture verse this day comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. So, Danny, will you pull those slides up? This is Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. You know, I always liked icebreakers. I always liked the, the, the different questions you can ask. One of the ones we used to ask in youth group back in the day was, what is your favorite miracle of Jesus and why? When we did that, you get to hear all these crazy answers, right? People would say, uh, I like the one where he walks on water. Imagine how cool that'd be to be able to like sprint and not get fallen in there. I want feeding the 5,000, only I don't want the bread. I want pepperoni pizza with ranch. Uh, some people said water into wine, always want to keep the party going. Others said calming the storm because storm was their favorite X-Men. You'd hear a variety, but only once did I ever hear of our miracle that happened today when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law mentioned. And the reason why, when I asked them, they responded with, I'd heal them so that then they'd help me. Now, I asked them to clarify, and they said, well, he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then she got up and started serving them and waiting on them. And that's what you've got to love about leading a youth group. Which, by the way, if you want to pour into a life of a young child and come and be their mentor, make a difference in their lives, we have youth Bible studies and children's activities going on just like Emma mentioned, and we need you. So you can send in an email, sign up online, however we want to get you plugged in so that you can help speak into these children's lives. Now, I mean this when I say that it was unique because when that child said this was their favorite miracle, I'd be lying if I, wouldn't, if I wasn't a little, um, let's use the word, intrigued by it. And so later on, I went looking through commentaries to kind of help better understand this miracle. And as I was searching them and the miracle got broken down, friends, I was, I was shocked and disappointed. I was shocked and disappointed to find that throughout the years, this verse has often been cited in support of relegating women to serving capacities only. As if women can only be Martha's or mother-in-laws who serve in the home. And I had to stop and I, and I had to, to grieve a little bit and reflect that how throughout the centuries people have done this, have, have misused the Bible to justify evil, to enslave people, to take God's inspired and inerrant word and instead twist it to fit their own desire. Take the word of God and manipulate it, wield it in a sinful way that allows them to have power over others. They do that, they ignore what we know about Scripture and how we use Scripture to interpret Scripture, not just what we think it means or how we want it to say. For example, when we, when we look at this word in this story and this example of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law, it really could not have suggested this idea of inferiority or a person's place in society. 
For the word in the Greek, which is diakonin, is the same word that is used previously when the angels are attending Jesus during his temptation. That waiting on them is the same as attending. And that's not the only place we'll see this. It also comes up again in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, this time when Jesus is referring to himself. He says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So my friend who was in the youth group, they were right. She was healed to serve, but the reason behind the healing was wrong. See, serving is the way of Jesus, and it's the way of those who attend him. And thus, it describes this essential characteristic of the kingdom of God. And and Jesus shows us that he lives that, he, he brings that, and calls us to follow his example. One in which we will learn that if anyone wants to be first, they must be the very last and become a servant of all. This idea of serving others is crucial to the way of Jesus not just for women, but for everyone, for all of us are supposed to serve. And this way of Jesus diverges sharply from the way of the world when it comes to the question of greatness and service. Jesus redefines greatness and challenges us that to be great in the matters of God is to serve challenges us to give, to become a servant, not in a forceful or a demeaning way, but in this personal devotion to the way of Jesus, to the way of love. And this is exactly what we see demonstrated to us by Peter's mother-in-law. She's one of the first in the gospel to respond to Jesus's love and healing. And she shows us what it means to be healed by Jesus. Healed to heal others, saved to save others, loved to love others. I mean, think of this later on in the the healing of the ten lepers, right? Nine are healed, go on their lives, got what they needed, but only one comes back and gives thanks and glory to God for what they had received. We see the same here. See, in her joy of healing and wholeness, Peter's mother-in-law gets up and serves the Lord. This is not some quid pro quo relationship. We aren't serving because we have to. We now serve because we can't help it, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and this is what we do as we work and follow in the way of Jesus. Look at the text again with me as you open your Bibles, because sometimes we, we, we see the cure and we miss the little details that took place right before. So we went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. There's a personal touch. There's this helping up. So many times we see Jesus do this, touching those who should not be touched, bringing back into community those who have been isolated. Friends, you look at that text, and if you had a fever in the ancient days, that was not good. In fact, when we look at Luke, some would go as far as saying that she had a fever that was the typhoid fever. More than likely, she was going to die. She was isolated in her own room, and yet Jesus goes to her helping those who have no place, who have lost the ability to be part of society, to have a place in their home and help them up. Maybe you hadn't heard, maybe you didn't know this as the prophet Isaiah says, but he comes for you in this exact same way. He comes to you in your baptism. He comes to you in your fears. He comes to you when you are exhausted comes to you in your brokenness to turn the page and bring healing. His hand reaches down 
to you. And that's why he's called Emmanuel. He is God with us, God with us. Isaiah talks about how he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He is the one who has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The psalm tells us that he heals the brokenhearted and restores those who are crushed in spirit. And Jesus himself says in the gospel, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, he restores us. Which it is so important then to keep reading in this text because look at what follows. He heals Peter's mother-in-law personally and then he heals everyone who comes to the door. Can you imagine seeing that? So many people coming and just being healed by Jesus. And then when it's over, we see that he withdraws and goes off alone. Look at what we learn there in 35. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. Kind of like when a mom finally gets that nap, the kid always finds you. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And with everyone looking for him, look at what the Lord gives us. He gives us this pattern to follow. That's what the Son of God praying is showing us, this need for this relationship with Father in a special way and to set this pattern in our lives. He goes to pray. He goes to recenter. He goes to get purpose. When everyone wants something from Him, when there's so much to do, when so much seems to be against Him, He prays. And the same is for us, is it not? When everyone wants something from us, when there's so much to do, when so much seems to be against us, we are to pray. We are to go to Him, to go to Him and experience His hands coming down to hold us. We go to Him and experience His Spirit that renews our strength. And we go to Him and we rest because in his rest, he brings peace. And after we have rested in him, after we have recentered ourselves, we have built that relationship, we have lived in that relationship, then, then we go. We go where he has sent us so that we can do the work that our Lord is already doing. He says, don't hold nothing back. You were healed. And you were born and loved for such a time as this. It is time. It's time to be a mentor to children. It's time to, to, to work with vulnerable children and meet their needs and the needs of their families. It's time to feed the hungry. It's time to sit with someone who is hurting. It's time to, to, to pick up the phone, call in and check on those who are alone. It's time to pray for others, to, to be a guide to someone as together we live and spend time in God's word. Each of those opportunities are here for us. And it is time. It's time for us to share Christ in what we do and in what we say. Now, it's been tough and it's been slow during this time. But it is time, friends. 
people need you. You know, St. Catherine said, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. But no one can take that step for you. And it's not going to be easy, but it will always, always be worth it. For he has called you to more. And we go where he leads. We go where the Father leads us. So in the end, yeah, it was a miracle that is definitely worthy of being a favorite of Jesus's. For the Lord heals each one of us and enables us to bring his healing to others.